Welcome to Freelance Gems, a podcast designed to help you build a more stress-free, service-based business. On this show, I'll be sharing what I've learned as a web designer and founder of my own brand, Opal Templates, as well as interviewing and learning from the best in the industry. So if you're ready to upgrade from regular freelancing to building a brand on your terms, this is the show for you. Before we start this week's episode, I want to let you know that I am giving away one free mini website audit each week to whoever leaves a review on the Freelance Gems podcast on the Apple podcast platform. I'm doing this because I know reviews are really easy to forget about, but they are absolutely huge, especially on Apple podcasts, for helping the show grow and in turn helping more freelancers build stress-free service-based brands. So if you're interested and you want to help out the show while getting some feedback on your website, just leave a review on the show on Apple Podcasts, and I'll link to where you can do that below in the show notes. And if your review is chosen, it'll get featured either on the episode that week if we're in the middle of an active season or just on Instagram, and then you'll just need to DM me to let me know that it was your review. Then you'll send over your URL and you'll receive your mini website audit packed with tips for your site accessibility website strategy, and design choices in a 90-second reel, so you also get some cross-promotion for your brand on Opal Templates Instagram, too. So if you're interested, please head over there and leave a review. It is super, super appreciated, but without further ado, let's get into the episode. First of all, thank you so much for being here. Can you start by just telling us who you are and what you do to my audience who perhaps has never met you before. Okay, um, well, I'm Fenella Francis. I am from Antigua. It's a tiny island in the Caribbean. Um, I, uh, I, for the majority of my life, I feel like I have probably had anxiety without really realizing that I had it. Um, I remember like little things now that would have um almost kind of triggered me so let's take for example if I have to wait on my mom to do something um for some reason like I would kind of feel my body vibrate like it felt it literally felt like my body was vibrating while I was waiting for her and I always remember just feeling very uncomfortable in a lot of different situations without really realizing what it was um until I got older and realized what it actually what's actually been happening to me um and uh so in my career um I've always kind of just basically ignored it um I've ignored <laughs> it it sounds weird but I've kind of just ignored it and pushed through it but I think last year in particular it was it got to the point where I could no longer ignore it um and it was also affecting my work so at the time I was working with um I was working full-time and I was doing content strategy part-time um and I realized that it really wasn't going to work out anymore doing these two things together and so I jumped over to doing content strategy full-time and I've been doing that for a year um I uh I I don't know do I talk about like also what I do as a content strategist I, I do uh, <laughs> yeah absolutely I'd love to know how you you know balance both because I know you're kind of and correct me if I'm wrong but it seems like you're kind of building two separate brands at the moment one 
being the anxious strategist and then also your content strategy career. Are you combining the two of those or are those two separate brands and how are you balancing that? Well, I intended for them to be two separate brands Um, for the anxious strategist that really came about because a lot of my entrepreneur friends, they also, um, well, we speak a lot about our mental health. Um, and one of the common things is our anxiety around work. Now, this is kind of like a good and bad thing because good, because our anxiety in some way kind of pushes us forward. It propels us to do stuff. Um, there are times where it kind of freezes us, but for the most part, it kind of makes us show up as the best version of ourselves. But at the same time, it leads us to a road of burnout, like really bad burnout. Um, and I kind of, I figured so far, I feel like I've, I've had, uh, um, I've been able to develop um, different things, different tips, um, but not tips, but I've been able to think more about, um, okay, hold on. (laughs) I think, um, I think that's the anxiety talking. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) I've always been pretty introspective. And so I've been able to use that introspection to kind of guide me through my anxiety and why I do certain things and how I would, how my body would better serve me in certain ways. And so that's kind of how the anxious strategies came about. Um, In terms of the content strategy, that happened mostly because I've always loved working with entrepreneurs. And uh, this was a really good opportunity for me to work with different entrepreneurs um, in a way where I've, where I, where we all saw somebody needed help, (laughs) which was social media or figuring out um, how to even do social media. You know, most of the people that come to me, they would have tried it on their own and they realized that they just cannot manage juggling all of the other responsibilities of their business along with um, having to maintain their social media presence, especially with all of the changes that are happening. So that's kind of how that started. It was kind of just, I was helping my friend and I realized I liked it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's beautiful. I love that, you know, you're you're able to grow these two brands and have the one that really speaks to the side of you that's passionate about mental health and then have mm-hmm. the other that just speaks to your passion about entrepreneurship. And I definitely yeah. think there's a ton of intersection there. I know personally, as an anxious person myself, so many parts of entrepreneurship trigger that kind of stress response. Yeah. And I'm curious to ask you as someone who, you know, has really dove into this and spent a lot of time in this space, what do you see as the things that are most anxiety inducing in entrepreneurship? And are there any little things that entrepreneurs can do to combat them? Okay. um, So what little things meetings <laughs> mm-hmm. um meetings first whatever reason like before this podcast I made a decision to not do anything this morning because I knew I was just not going to get anything done <laughs> mm-hmm. um 
for whatever reason, the a few hours that that few hours before any meeting, I'm always on, I'm always existing in this very like just an on edge state. Um, I had two meetings the other day, and for the whole day, I could feel my body, that same trembling feeling I was saying earlier. Like I could, it almost felt like my entire body was just moving. Um, and uh, like you would think that I would kind of have a handle on that already because it's obviously meetings don't just exist in the world of entrepreneurship but I've had to have meetings when I worked for people so <laughs> um I so that that's one of the that's one of the most anxiety inducing things for me um as an entrepreneur I would um I would also say um something as simple as sending an email um sometimes like just before I hit send I literally have to be like just send it just send it just send it just send it <laughs> because for some reason I always feel like something is wrong in that email and the person at the on the other end like receiving that email is going to judge me <laughs> for whatever that I for whatever and most times there's nothing like there's nothing in the email <laughs> that is wrong or could have been said differently so I, I spend a lot of time in emails um not because I am not because there's just so much to say in the email it could literally be two lines but I'm just spending so much time reading those two lines trying to make sure that you know it's perfect or could it be said a different way have I included enough information you know and it, it just goes on and on and on yeah um how have I been dealing with those things? So if I know that I have meetings that day, I am going to spend the day preparing for that meeting. Um, and uh, I used to try to prepare for the meeting the day before. Um, but I realized that even if I prepare the day before, there's still so much anxiety during like during the day leading up to the meeting that I still can't do anything else so why bother to schedule other stuff so I I guess part of it starts with awareness like you have to be aware of how your body feels in different um in different situations like what are the what are the things that you it kind of just starts with figuring out what makes you uncomfortable because a lot of the things that make anxious people uncomfortable don't make normal people, normal in um, air quotes, yeah. <laughs> uncomfortable. So figuring out what that discomfort is um, and then kind of trying to find uh, some sort of process um, around it. So for meetings, I prepare the day of the meeting because I'm going to be, it's going to be on my mind anyways. So I'm going to make sure I prepare for that meeting at that time. Um, of course, if there are things that come up during the week leading up to it or, or whatever, um, I'm going to jot them down, but I'm not going to diligently prepare for that meeting before the day of. Um, in terms yeah. of emails, I don't think I've kind of gotten that right as yet. You know, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. But for the most part, what I do is... Uh, um, I have a few points. I know that there are certain things that need to be included in that email, whether it's um, for a prospective client or for a for a current client, and we're just um, 
bouncing emails between each other. Um, if it's a prospective client, I have a list of things that these, this is, these are the things I need to include. Um, I also, that list is made up of our discovery call as well as um, any other, anything else that I think they might find useful. Um, I like lists because lists help me, it reins me back. So once I check off all of those things on that list, then I feel like, okay, I can let go. I can send the email. And if there's anything else that needed to be included, it's okay if I have to go back to it or send them a message on WhatsApp or something. Um, but I think that's also another point, um, like reining myself back in. So I've had to sort of understand the difference between an anxious finale and uh, a calm finale or a normal finale. So like a while ago, <laughs> I kind of said the anxiety is talking. Um, I, I've had to figure out how, what changes in my body when I am feeling anxious um, and uh, what, how does my body feel when I'm feeling normal, um, for lack of a better word? So having figured out what those two feelings feel like, it's easier for me now to understand that, okay, I am doing this because my body is feeling this way. So I approach it from a, a body feeling type of thing, because that's, I guess, how my brain works or interacts with the world. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that just sounds so helpful because I feel like anxiety is kind of all about the unspoken thoughts in your head that you don't even want to say, like you don't want to speak into existence. Yeah, yeah. But then nine out of 10 times when you do actually like write it down mm -hmm. and become aware of those feelings, then it's like, oh, I'm being kind of silly or I should be excited <laughs> and not just mm -hmm. super anxious. But I definitely feel you on the meetings thing. That's actually why I always have as much as possible all my meetings in the morning, because mm -hmm. just like you, if I have a meeting at 5 p.m. that whole day, I think about everything else. <laughs> I'm just thinking about and I'm like in a constant, like subtle state of flight or fight. Like mm -hmm. I can like still act like I'm not anxious, but I really can't dive into anything and do like deep work because it's like a subtle state of like, oh God, I have a meeting mm -hmm. later. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on that note, I'm curious, how can you build a weekly routine or even a daily routine that is kind of, I don't know what to call it, like anxiety friendly or anxiety <laughs> reducing? Do you have any tips on how you can kind of structure a routine that works with that? Yeah, sure. Um, I've actually only recently figured out what a routine could look like for me. And the first thing I want to say is forget everything you know, forget everything you've seen on the internet, every YouTube video you've watched, every podcast you've listened to, just forget it because it's, I'm not going to say it's not going to work, but it might not work for you. <laughs> um, unless these things, unless the videos and, and podcasts you're listening to, they are um, specifically for someone with anxiety, for the yeah. most part, a lot of the productivity junkies I used to watch because I like I enjoy those videos I don't know why but I do. Me too. <laughs> um, <yay. laughs> um, so like a lot of them like they had a very rigid schedule 
And uh, even something like calendar blocking was something that I tried a long time ago and I had to abandon it because I didn't, it just didn't work. It's looking at my calendar with all of these different blocks, no matter how pretty they were, no matter, like it didn't matter how I put those blocks in. As soon as I looked at that calendar, I wanted to run. Like I, I wanted to close my laptop and just curl up in a ball and cry. It didn't even like it didn't matter if the if all of the, <laughs> it didn't matter. Um, so what I'd say is I think first I had to figure out um what am I really trying to achieve with my with a routine, um and uh, comfort is really important to me because I didn't exist I didn't have like a very comfortable childhood and so I've only now as an adult been able to create certain comfortable spaces for myself um just being able to light a candle and inhale the scent of the candle alone that does something to me um like if I do that in in the morning just before I start working um or sometime in the afternoon, just depending on how my body's feeling. But for, for the first, the first thing for sure is figure out what exactly you're trying to achieve. So I was trying to achieve comfort. Like I was trying to achieve peace, calm, all of the serene words you can think of. Because when I get up in the morning and my brain starts going, it does not stop. <laughs> so um, at first I used to try to find a distraction for what was going on in there and I realized that isn't helping because that distraction eventually it goes away and I still have to deal with all of the racing thoughts in my mind so what instead I've done okay I want to feel comfortable what makes me feel comfortable in the moments when I up first I do is like I wash the dishes because for whatever reason washing dishes just makes me feel good washing the dishes. I don't know if it's the water on my hands. I don't know if it's the sud. I don't know what it is, but it feels good to me. Um, so I wash the dishes. Um, I also like existing in a clean space. I guess maybe that kind of helps with, with the other part of it. Um, the other thing that's important to me or the other thing I was trying to achieve is I was trying to get my body moving because um, I'm not sure if this is an anxious thing or if this is just something that I experience. But what I've realized is um, I, I can't get up and jump straight into work anymore. I used to do that when I used to have, when I used to work full time and have a part-time job, I get up, work. Um, yeah. I would eat and work. Like <laughs> there was no, there was no, there was no break or like proper break in between my day. Um, so now that I don't have to get up at four o'clock in the morning to work, um, I had to find another way to get my body moving. So I don't like exercise in the morning. Like this is not where I'm going because I'm not that person. <laughs> I'm just now trying to fit exercise into my routine. Um, but yeah. I have plants, so I water my plants. Um, or if there are things around the house that need to be picked up, I pick them up. Like there are little things that I would leave around. Like I would kind of just leave the house as it is in the night, knowing that I'm going to get up and do something about it. Because the more I move my body in the morning, 
before I start working, the better I feel when I actually sit down to work or sit down to actually eat. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also started incorporating space, like space to space to eat or space to just look outside and daydream because I found that jumping from one task to the next to the next to the next without some sort of space in between them it only makes that anxiety I guess come back um because I guess I don't my brain doesn't have time to rest and I used to use work as a distraction so maybe somewhere in there my brain is thinking oh we're still distracted we're still distracted we need to we need to find a way to break free you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) so sometimes in the morning before I start working I would just sit down by the door and stare out the window um or sorry sit down by the door and stare out the door (laughs) um if I can't sit on the if I can't sit down on the gallery because like the sun is on that side yeah um, so yeah, space is really important because it gives me time to reset. It also um, gives me time to think about the day and set my intentions for the day. Um, I don't always do affirmations, but sometimes I do that depending on how I'm feeling. Like the more anxious I feel, um, I know that sometimes, sometimes my anxiety is followed by a period of sadness. And I'm not necessarily running from that period of sadness, but I know that that period of sadness isn't technically real. You know, it's just, I think my body's reaction to that anxious state that I was in. So Mm -hmm. what I do is if I cannot escape that anxious state, I listen to some affirmations. I put on a podcast. Um, It just depends on, on how I want to feel that morning. So there I've had to also think about um, where, like what replenishes my energy and what drains my energy. And uh, sometimes the energy I'm looking for is work-related. And sometimes the energy I'm looking for is like relax. So the energy I'm looking for is to de-stress. because I feel like everything requires a certain amount of energy. Um, And so that determines what podcast I would choose. So I would either choose something related to marketing or I would choose something relating to wellness and health Um, and, or just something where people are just talking, (laughs) you know, it, it all depends on the energy I'm looking for, for that day. Because if I am already feeling burnt out from work, listening to a work podcast isn't going to help. So I would say those, I think four things. Um, I I look for something that will bring me some comfort. Um, I make space for space. (laughs) Um, I move my body in some way or another. However, moving my body looks probably moving your body looks for you that's that's you but for me just watering my plants just walking around something yeah um and also understanding what part of my energy is missing mm-hmm. those are the definite four things I go to in order to build a routine for myself yeah no that's super helpful I feel like they're all very grounding and definitely require a level of self 
awareness that's necessary, like we talked about before, to kind of push yeah. through anxiety. And I've definitely done that with the work podcasts. I've cut down on them a lot because I used mm-hmm. to like work all day and then like, oh, I'm going to relax and then listen to like three hours of a work podcast and think about <laughs> like, oh God, I need to be doing this and all that. Um, and that's mm-hmm. not that relaxing. It, it is not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is not. When you're already feeling overwhelmed, no. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's really helpful to have like habits that are totally not work-related, hobbies, mm-hmm. podcasts, so mm-hmm. you can just relax and let yourself mm-hmm be in work mode when you need to be but not let it like go literally all night long mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm also curious as a content strategist is there anything you've had to restructure in that business whether it's the packages you offer or the services you offer is there anything you kind of had to to shift to accommodate your mental health there um so Yes, actually. Um, so coming from an coming from working for someone to working for yourself is was uh, I did not understand. Let me just say that I was not prepared. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when you work for someone, um, if they say this needs to be a priority, you kind of have no choice but to make that a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of applying the same thing to working working with my clients. So if they needed something from me, like they don't, I mean, this needs to be a priority. It has to be done right now. Like I'm very grateful for the clients I have right now because wow, they're amazing. They're respectful. They understand that things take time to happen. I, I love them. Um, but being the person I am um, and coming from that environment, I would drop everything I'm doing if they said that um, I'm thinking that we might need to do X, Y, and Z. Everything I'm doing for that day, I would drop it. I don't care what it was. I'm going to work on this thing because this is what my client needs me to do right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I've had to make that shift within myself. I've had to say, you know what? I have a plan for the day. If I can fit it into this, to, into my day today, I will do it. But if I can't, it can be done another day. It's if it's not something that's super urgent. And let's be honest, in social media, not many things are that urgent. You know, yeah. like we think that it is, but the building is not on fire. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so that's one thing I've had to to adjust. Um, I've also had to learn to say no a little bit more um, because I'm a person that I'm a people pleaser. I'm a recovering people pleaser. So I, I didn't understand how to say no. I didn't know how to set those types of boundaries. Um, and so if they needed something from me, it didn't even matter whether it fell within social media or not. I felt like if I could do it, like if I could help them there, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm just going to do it. Um, But I've had to, I've had to really like take a look at all of the things that I'm doing in my day for for my clients and uh, figure out what are some of the things that I need to stop doing for them 
because it doesn't fall on the content strategy and uh, um, nor does it sometimes fall on the general business development you know <laughs> Jeez. yeah you know sometimes I think about my past self and I'm like what were you doing <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no wonder you were always burnt out <laughs> um so that was that was one of the things I had to think about in my packages you know um what are the things that I really should be doing and shouldn't be doing as a content strategist um like where can I draw the line? Um, and that was, that was, that was a, that was a journey. But what I did is I spoke to my clients about it. Like I told them I need to restructure my packages. I'm not charging enough. I'm not, um, I am overextending myself and I need to stop doing that, you know? And what's interesting is uh, in doing that, it's sort of, made them do the same in some ways like they stopped overextending themselves where they they where they shouldn't have um or they've been being more mindful about where their energy is and um it's not just about the money anymore but it's more so about how they're feeling generally and I think that that was kind of that was kind of interesting to see um, after having set that boundary, it sort of encouraged them to do the same. That was really cool. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was more so my mindset towards what was a priority and what wasn't a priority, like what needed to be done right now and what really shouldn't have been done um, in this moment. Yeah. No, I can see that just being hugely important mm-hmm. because I think I don't know if it's almost necessary to go through that phase as a freelancer at first, because it's just, it's hard, like you said, to shift from being an employee to a service provider, because Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, there's still similarities, right? Like they're hiring you to take care of tasks for them Mm -hmm. and things like that. And it's just like, I don't know if you've already been an employee for this long, when you start getting that energy, it's really easy Mm -hmm. to let like discovery calls turn into interviews and used to turn into like them briefing you and you're like okay got it um we used to have like two hour long meetings you know oh my gosh oh no yeah two hour long meetings and I had to be like no I can't do this yeah no but that's Mm -hmm. so cool to hear that they actually are benefiting themselves from it too because I feel like when you're in that really burnt out spot you can start seeing your clients as kind of like it's easy to forget their people too. Cause they just seem like these like machines that are like, do this for me, do that respond mm-hmm. right now, but yeah. they have their own lives. <laughs> yep. And I'm sure if they're in that kind of state where they're like constantly emailing you and stuff, they're not having the best time either. Mm-hmm. So by doing that, <laughs> sorry, my phone quacking. Um, <laughs> but by doing that, you're just kind of giving everyone permission to get off the hook which I really mm-hmm. love. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. But I'm also curious, since there's a lot of mental health entrepreneurship discourse, like it feels mm-hmm. like a lot of people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you might not, not necessarily agree with everyone. Mm-hmm. So I want to know if you have any hot takes or just things that you see and you're like, I would not do that. And kind of what your alternative would be to that. Mm. um could you give me like an example because nothing's yeah. like going right now yeah I would say 
something I see a lot is like, I don't know, just throw in extra self-care, like always take a bubble bath at the end of the day, but like, it doesn't really matter what your work looks like. It's just as long as you like, remember to put a face mask on, you're good. Something like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) Um, So one thing I learned very quickly on this journey was, um, yes, you have a little bit more time, but a lot of that time isn't necessarily spent getting up later in the day or even doing certain self-care things. I mean, I'm not going to say that self-care isn't important, but like, what like self-care isn't limited to a bubble bath (laughs) Mm -hmm. self-care isn't limited to face cream you know self-care is like a continuous thing self-care is um something that it doesn't exist in a in one moment it exists for your entire career the entire day your week the month it's always there you know, yeah. or at least it should always be there. There should be something that you are, that you are taking the time to, or maybe I shouldn't even say taking the time, but there should be something in your life that is, uh, um, that reminds you that you're human or brings, brings you back to your, to yourself you know, so for example, the space in between tasks that I take, that's a form of self-care for me because I, <clears throat> because without that space, then I exist in chaos and my brain, um, my, ba- my brain spirals, you know. Um, so I guess that's one. Um, I think at one point, a lot of people would talking about hustling and um you don't have to work hard to get where you are or something like that they were hustle culture was like a thing that everybody was giving their opinions on and I am a Gary V stan person like I I am a Gary V fan yeah and uh, I think a lot of people were telling him that he was encouraging people to work like in the wrong way and he had to tell them like he sleeps eight hours a night, like every night, you know, it's, it's, he took like, he had to let people understand that it's what you do when you're up that matters the most. So that's even something that I had to think about and how I could apply that to my life because um, there was, there are some days that I can't there are some days that if I start before 12 o'clock, I, I kind of just spend most of the time scrolling on my phone. So I have to be very, um, I have to be very aware of what my body needs that morning. So like sometimes I work late. And so if I'm working late and I'm getting up the next day to jump right back into work, of course, there's going to be some sort of disconnect. Like it's, it's going to feel strange for my body at this point. Um, I've done it before, but it's not something that I can continue to do now. Um, And so that hustle culture thing, I think, yes, there is a point in your life that you need to work really hard and it's going to it's it's you're going to feel it. But I think that there comes a time where you do need to um, take a step back and understand that um, it's not just about 
um, punching in and punching out and working super, super hard um, 24 seven, but it's more so like how, how you, how you make the time that you're working valuable. So like, I don't have to work from eight in the morning to five in the afternoon in order to do something valuable for my clients. You know, I don't have to, I don't, I don't, I feel, I generally don't have to work all day in order to do something valuable to my clients. Do I still do that most days? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of times, um, a lot of times I, I, I literally just have to listen to what my body is saying. Um, yeah. Something else came to mind, like while I was talking and now it's like, it escaped me. Well, I loved what you were saying though, because it is so much about balance there, because I feel like in response to hustle culture, a lot of us have gone totally the other way and we're like, never hustle, never work eight hours mm-hmm. a day or whatever. And, you know, while it is nice to not have to be in that state, I do agree with you that it's definitely necessary at times. Mm-hmm. And if it's the right kind of hustling, where it's a business mm-hmm. you're really excited about, then mm-hmm. it won't feel as awful. It'll feel... Right exciting even though it might be exhausting <laughs> too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but on that note where can everyone connect with you for both brands so both the anxious strategist and your content strategy work so I it's mm, a good question <laughs> so for the anxious strategist um I'm on Instagram at the anxious strategist um and for like my personal page, it's Fenella.Francis. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn at Fenella Francis. Um, I post more on LinkedIn than I do everywhere else. So if you're actually looking for, um, if you're actually looking for content relating to work, then that's where you'll find most of me doing that stuff. But um, on Instagram, not so much of a fan, to be honest. Like LinkedIn is B. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. There's no reason Instagram has to be number one, especially I feel like LinkedIn mm-hmm. so much easier with business. You're just already in the mindset. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thanks so much, Fernella. It has been so wonderful getting to talk to you and learn from your expertise on mental health and entrepreneurship. It is such an important topic because entrepreneurship is hard on the nervous system Mm -hmm. so I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me today and yeah thank you so much thank you thank you for having me